Good morning, everyone. I don't know about you all, but I love superhero movies, right? Movies that have an objective that you're moving towards, maybe an impossible task. Only one person in the world can stop or complete that mission. Stop the villain or complete the mission. Mission impossible, right? We all love these kind of stories. I think they speak to our human nature to want to do something great, to want to do something awesome, to want to do something amazing. Each and every one of us in this room is called to something amazing. Each and every one of us is called to something unique. Something that only you can fulfill in the body of Christ. Each and every one of us has a mission. A specific mission that God calls us to. A specific vocation that God calls us to. What is vocation? A word that we often throw around a lot, right? What is vocation? Vocation, vocare, to be called. Each one of us is called in a specific way by God for a special purpose, a special mission. Today I want to talk about mission. I want to talk about vocation. Specifically, the two types of sacraments for mission. Right? How many sacraments are there? Seven, right? So we have the three sacraments of initiation, the two sacraments of healing, and then the two sacraments at the service of communion, as the catechism calls them. The two sacraments for mission, the two sacraments of vocation, the two sacraments, holy matrimony and holy orders. I want to talk about those two things today, those two sacraments specifically, because our first reading and our second reading pair so well with them. I would bet most of you who are married had that second reading at your wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? I would bet most of you had that at your wedding. And you probably held your, hand, your, your spouse's hand during the reading and you said, why aren't you more patient with me? <laughs> The first reading, the call of Jeremiah, is often used at ordinations. It was at my own ordination. It's a powerful reading in which Jeremiah is called to go from his own land, to go someplace else to follow the Lord unreservedly. The call of a celibate vocation, the call of a priest. You see, Jeremiah was celibate which is crazy in the Old Testament. There are very few people in the Old Testament who are celibate, who don't get married. For the Jewish mind, celibacy looks insane. And maybe it is insane, right? But for the Jewish mind, what's the first commandment in the Bible? Male and female, he created them in Genesis. And then he said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. In a sense, the very first commandment in the scriptures. 
To the Jewish mind, to be celibate looks crazy. But for whatever reason, God calls certain people to be celibate. And today he calls Jeremiah to go and leave everything, his family, his native place, to go and follow him unreservedly. Before I dive into that and holy matrimony, holy orders, I just want to say all of us are above all called to one very specific vocation. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the vocation to holiness. Vatican II makes this very clear, right? That each one of us is called to have an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. That may sound Protestant, but how beautiful it is that God calls each and one of us to a unique, intimate relationship. We're all called to strive for holiness. And two ways I want to talk about that today are these two sacraments, holy orders and holy matrimony. So first of all, holy orders, the call to be a priest. This reading is often used at ordinations because what was omitted today that's preserved in the lectionary at ordination is when Jeremiah says, no, no, God, I don't want to follow you. I don't have what it takes. Before Jesus, God is talking to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah responds, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am too young. Don't call me. Don't send me. I don't have what it takes. I'm too young. Remember the story of Moses. I have a speech impediment. I can't do this. What are the excuses that sometimes we have in our lives for not wanting to follow the Lord? But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. We feel inadequate, especially us priests. No one's worthy to approach this altar. No one's worthy to say those words, this is my body, this is my blood. But for whatever reason, God calls certain men to follow after him in this vocation to be a priest. We don't have what it takes. None of us do. But God says, I am with you. I will be with you. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. This is God's promise that no matter what sufferings, no matter what hardships, no matter where we feel inadequate, no matter how much fear we have, God calls us and he says, I will be with you. I will give you the grace. I will give you the courage to, to, to speak to the nations, to appoint you as a prophet, to go to wherever I send you. I will give you the grace. My brothers and sisters, there are men in this room who are called to be priests. Do not be afraid to follow after him, 
The Lord will be with you. You know, I asked the altar servers before Mass, I said, raise your hand if any of you want to be a priest. I won't tell you which ones raised their hands. But I will say, the ones who raised their hands would surprise you too. My favorite part of the ordination liturgy, there's a powerful part where the man to be ordained goes and kneels before the bishop. And as he's kneeling before the bishop, the bishop takes the priest's hands, the man to be ordained a priest's hands, and pours sacred chrism oil on his hands. The sacred chrism oil used at baptism, used at confirmation. That sweet smelling fragrance to say, this is something else. This is dedicated for a new purpose. Baptism, you're dedicated as a child of God. Confirmation, you're consecrated, you're chrismated as a soldier of Christ. And then at priestly consecration, your hands are consecrated for something beautiful. The hands that extend to absolve sins. The hands that extend to be with people on their deathbed, to give last rites. The hands that extend to consecrate the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Bishop consecrates the hands. And it's through the hands of the priest that we receive so many blessings in this world. There's a beautiful poem. I'd just like to read a few lines from it. It's called The Beautiful Hands of a Priest. The beautiful hands of a priest, we need them in life's early morning. We need them again at its close. And the hands that make us pure as angels are the beautiful hands of a priest. At the altar each day we behold them, and the hands of a king on his throne are not equal to them in their greatness. Their dignity stands alone. When we are tempted and wonder to pathways of shame and sin, tis the hand of a priest that will absolve us, not once, but again and again. When we are taking a life's partner, other hands may prepare us a feast, but the hands that will bless and unite us are the beautiful hands of a priest. There's a tradition in the church that after the bishop consecrates that man's hands, he takes a cloth, what's called the manaturgium, and wraps that cloth around the priest's hands. And the tradition is at the priest's first mass, at the very end, he takes that manaturgium that was wrapped with his hands to dry that sacred chrism oil. He takes that cloth and gives it to his mother. And the idea behind it is, when, his, when the priest's mom dies, the priest takes that cloth and wraps her hands with them. Because when the mom goes to meet, to meet the Lord, Jesus will ask, what have you done for me and for my church? And the priest's mom will say, I've given you my son as a priest. How hard it is to give up our kids, 
to walk down your daughter on her wedding day, to let your son go to be a priest. But it's the greatest gift you could give to the church. All of you mothers are thinking, I really want my son to be a priest now. <laughs> so we have holy orders, and what about holy matrimony? The other sacrament for the service of communion, the sacrament for mission. Again, this reading, Many of you probably had at your own wedding. Love is patient, love is kind. You know, one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest examinations of conscience is to take this, right? God who is love, God is the measure. And so love, if you replace your own name, Father Sean is patient, Father Sean is kind. Father Sean does not insist on his own way. He is not irritable and resentful. Love is the measure, and we see where we fail. The greatest act of love, the greatest gift of love that we see is Christ on the cross. Christ who extends his hands on the cross, who dies out of love. He lays down his life for us. The bridegroom lays down his life for his bride. The greatest act of love, and my brothers and sisters, this is what each one of us is also called to do. Out of love for another, to lay down our life, to die so that the other can live. And spousal love gets this so beautifully, because spousal love says, I choose you and only you, and I will give everything for you. Despite when things are tense, despite when my kids are frustrating me, despite all these things, I still choose you and only you. And on your wedding day, you made this beautiful promise. If you've forgotten what you said, you said this to your spouse. I promise to be faithful to you in good times and in bad in sickness and in health, to love you and to honor you all the days of my life. The full, total commitment to say, I give you everything. I lay down my life for you because I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. That's what love is about. Love means to sacrifice. And marriages take great sacrifices. Mother Teresa would often say, love till it hurts. It's not true love until there might be some pain involved, where it's no longer those great feelings, but where I have to choose out of love to love this person. These two great sacraments, holy matrimony and holy orders. Vocations don't just pop up out of nowhere. Priests just don't come right out of the womb, right? 
A thousand things have to go right. Good holy marriages don't just pop up out of nowhere. Young men and young women who follow after Christ and serve the Lord in that vocation of matrimony don't just pop out of nowhere. We have marriage prep here, right? We do eight months of marriage prep. I often tell my couples, marriage prep does not start at these eight months. You see, marriage prep, brothers and sisters, it started when you as a child saw mommy and daddy, how they loved each other, how they failed to love each other, how they forgived, how they forgave one another, how they made up after they hurt one another. That's when marriage prep begins. Vocations don't just pop out of nowhere. They come from loving homes and families who encourage them to grow. This week, we celebrate Catholic Schools Week. And one of the things we'll be talking a lot about is vocation. And I would encourage you to join us in praying for vocations. There's a crisis of vocations, and I don't just mean with priesthood. There's a crisis of vocation in holy marriages as well. You see, the enemy, Satan, attacks what's most foundational to life, to society. The family is the foundation of society. And if the enemy can get a hold of the family, then he destroys society. We have to have good, loving, strong families. It's not easy. It's not, it's not always, right, a walk in the park with roses and everything. But God will be with us and he will walk with us. Vocations don't just pop out of nowhere. I encourage you to pray for vocations. Pray that God would raise up young men and young women from this parish, from your own families, to follow him unreservedly as a priest, as a nun, that they would have a total consecrated heart to the Lord. And pray that God would raise up young men and young women from this parish as well, from our own families, to commit to another person fully, indissolubly, to live a holy marriage in this life. It's not enough just to pray for vocations. Let us be a parish and let us be a family that is open to one.